has been promised. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Praise be to God. You may be seated. Thanks very much, Jerry. Our prayers are with you and Allison. May you experience God's sufficient grace. For the next three weeks, I'm going to do a kind of a pre-Christmas series that will kind of blend into Christmas eventually. And it's... Uh, going to be trying to answer the question, what's your superpower? Do you know what it is? Are you aware? So let's, uh, let's tackle this one. Lord, we thank you that we are your children, and because of that, we are new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. And it's really exciting to find out what that new involves. It is very much like Christmas when you open presents and you find something that's far beyond what you expected. And so, Lord, even in this series, that we ask that you'd open our eyes to all that you've done for us in Christ, all you've provided for us through the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure... Most of us are aware that the world of entertainment is currently dominated by superheroes. Whether it's Stan Lee's Marvel Universe with Thor and Captain America and Black Panther, or DC's perennial favorites, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, or the Jedi Knights of the Star Wars franchise. And obviously there's a lot more where that came from because every few months, the fate of the universe is at stake. Darth Vader, Steppenwolf, Thanos must be stopped. Now, I haven't seen Endgame yet, so no spoilers. But I assume it had a happy ending because planet Earth is still revolving on its axis. And if Thanos had won, our economy would be hemorrhaging and you'd be paying $500 for a regular coffee at Starbucks. So it must be all good. You know, when I was younger, I actually wasn't a fanatic about superheroes because it's all science fiction. I was a lot more fascinated by real-life heroes like Alexander the Great. When he was in his 20s, Alexander was challenging the most powerful armies on earth and conquering half the world. These days, a lot of young men in their 20s are trying to find themselves. Some are still living with their parents in the basement playing video games. Fortunately, Alexander didn't have Fortnite to distract him from his destiny. Now, the exploits of a military hero 
like Alexander the Great, are impressive. But the Bible mentions something that's even more impressive, and it pertains to people like us. As a believer in Jesus, as a follower of the one you've committed your life to, you also have superpowers, although you may not know it. So over the next three weeks, I want to introduce you to some of your superpowers. And this is not science fiction. For example, Proverbs 16.23 says, Better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. Just imagine that. This is just another example of how radical and revolutionary the Bible is. It reminds us that God's thoughts are not like our thoughts. Because from his perspective, it is better to be a patient individual who controls their temper than a warrior who captures a city. Better to be an Aaron or an Alice than an Alexander the Great. Now, of course, Hollywood doesn't make too many blockbusters about patient people. And yet, according to God's word, patience is a heroic virtue of the first magnitude. In fact, I would say that patience might be the most important factor in the Christian life. And I'd like to defend that claim by asking four questions. Number one, are you in sync? I'm not talking about the boy band from back in the 90s. I'm asking whether you are aligned to what someone called the theorhythms of God's will. Because as sinners, we are habitually out of sync with God. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, We all, all of us like sheep have just gone astray. And when that happens, there are consequences. And that applies to all of God's laws. Like gravity, for example. You need to take it seriously. YouTube has countless videos of daredevils who have no respect for the law of gravity. So they made a face plant on a nice, soft, concrete slab. Are you all right, Corey? Hope he wasn't too attached to his teeth. When you're out of sync with God's ways and God's laws, there will be consequences. Sometimes they're immediate, like poor Corey. But always, ultimately, we suffer the consequences. And that's why we get so badly bruised in our pursuit of happiness, until our society is filled with broken hearts and broken homes. Somehow, we have to realign ourselves with God's ways. And that requires cultivating the superpower of patience. Because what's our number one complaint with the way God does things? Psalm 6 verse 3 articulates it. My soul is in anguish. How long, O Lord, how long? Our main problem with God's ways is impatience. Just imagine the people in the Old Testament waiting for the fulfillment of the promise at Christmas. 
waiting year after year after decade after century. How long, O oh Lord, how long? Our main problem with God's ways is impatience. And impatience is hazardous because it gets us out of sync with his will, and it's the leading cause of faith rash. You see, when it comes to the Christian life, we have serious weight problems. We just can't wait. God, when are you ever going to answer my prayer? How long do I have to wait? And it's even worse now because these days we're in such a hurry. We don't even have time to make a meal at home. We have to stop for fast food. But if we do go home, it has to be something like minute rice or instant pudding. And we don't even have time to have a conversation. It just has to be a text message. Because there's no time. That's why I have trouble with Costco. I take one look at the congestion at the checkout counters and turn around and leave. Maybe I don't need a 50-gallon tub of macaroni and cheese today. I'll just have some instant pudding. Costco, who's got time for that? Well, apparently they do, but not me. And when it comes to prayer, I would feel that heaven should have an express lane for, for those who have 16 requests or less, because I need this resolved by the end of business today so I can get on with my life. In a world where everyone is, a, is in a hurry, patience is not easy. This is the very stuff that heroes are made of. Better a patient man who controls his temper than a warrior who can capture a city. If we want to be in sync with God's ways, we have to adjust our pace. We have to practice some of those still skills in Scripture like trusting and listening and waiting and denying ourselves. Which brings us to the second question. Are you doing your stretching exercises? Whenever I've been photographing a sporting event, I've noticed that the athletes do all these warm-up exercises. They're stretching and extending and pulling and twisting. And some of it looks rather painful. And I'm wondering, is this really necessary? Is this just kind of a superstition or a ritual that they go through? Or is there an actual reason for it? So I've consulted with some experts like Pastor Ryan, is, who is a dedicated athlete and who pushes his body to the limit in extreme sports like this golf. <laughs> but Ryan tells me he doesn't have to stretch for that. So he referred me to Dawson, who is our marathon man, and he does do stretching. So I've asked him to demonstrate some of the stretching exercises athletes do when they have to do a long-distance event. Now, why do you do that? Um, it relieves pain. Okay. <laughs> and um, It helps? It does help. Uh, I think flexibility is like the lubrication, uh, like the oil that you have in your vehicle. If your body is flexible, then when you run, it will uh, kind of run more 
fluidly or more efficiently. Okay, well, thank you very much. Let's hear it for Dawson and this demonstration. My personal trainer was telling me that if you don't stretch, you actually will experience an acid trip. You build up lactic acid, and that can cause severe cramping, and you're unable to continue, and you'll never finish the race. And that's true, except for the part about the personal trainer. <laughs> now, the Bible compares the Christian life to a long distance race. It talks in Hebrews 12 about running with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Eugene Peterson used a quote from Nietzsche in the title of his book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. So to continue from here to eternity requires a long-distance faith. And patience is like the stretching exercise that enables our faith to keep going so we don't cramp up with disappointment. Incidentally, I also do a stretching exercise. I get up in the morning and I have a good stretch. And if I don't injure myself, I'm, I'm good for the day. Or at least the next half hour. So stay in school, kids, or you'll end up like me. Now, in the life of faith, there are many opportunities for stretching exercises throughout the day. In fact, every time life has stalled... Every time someone's pushed the pause button, every time you're forced to wait, you have another opportunity to stretch your faith by practicing patience. Every time somebody frustrates you, you have a choice. You can either practice patience or you can practice impatience because both are habit-forming. And you've seen what happens to Bruce Banner when he gets impatient and loses his temper. He turns into the incredible Hulk. And that color, that must be the lactic acid. Now, I've never gone that far, but I get really upset sometimes when I have to wait. There was a glitch in my life a few weeks ago, and I spent three hours just practicing impatience, and I got really good at it. But finally, I realized that not only was this a waste of time, I had totally lost touch with God. I was out of sync. And it took me two days to track him down and get back in harmony with him. In the meantime, I had wasted a perfect opportunity to stretch my faith. Have you noticed that it's almost impossible to have a meaningful relationship with God if you're an impatient person or if you're always in a hurry? Somehow it doesn't work, chips. That's because impatience sabotages the best relationships. Which brings me to my third question. What's love got to do with it? Now at the beginning of this message, I made a statement that you Bible scholars immediately recognized was unscriptural. I said patience might be the most important factor in the Christian life. And of course, you know that's false. Because the Bible says the greatest of these is love. And that's true. Love is the greatest. But what is love? 
Well, 1 Corinthians 13 breaks it down into its various properties. And the very first one says, love is patient. No further witnesses, Your Honor. I rest my case. The first and foremost attribute of love is patience because that is the healthy preservative that keeps love from spoiling. Human love is not very durable. It's usually best before the next disappointment. Love can quickly curdle. It can turn toxic and become loathing. Patient love is what it takes to go the distance till death do us part. Impatient people are easily distracted, easily tempted. Like the song, if you can't be with the one you love, then love the one you're with. That's the worst advice ever. And that's how you can tell the difference. Because love is patience, so true love waits. Lust is impatient. Lust can't wait. Lust is a scam. Watch out for that. And it's all over our culture. Our culture is infested with impatient people involved in disposable relationships, one-night stands, friends with benefits, living together, starter marriages, trophy wives. It's a mess. All of that is out of sync. I'm really impressed by those who have the kind of love that goes a distance. We have some of them here this morning. How many of you have been married for 50 years or more? And even if you're a widow or a widower, could you stand please? All of those who've been married for 50 years or more. Look at that. Just look at that. These are the superheroes of our generation. That's what love looks like. True love goes the distance, and that's not possible without patience. Of course, this also applies to other relationships. It applies to what happens in a church. You cannot have a healthy congregation without lots of patience. That's why Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Verses uh, 13 and 14. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, to warn those who are idle. Encourage the timid. Help the weak. And be patient with everyone. Be patient with everyone. And of course, in our relationship with God, patient is the very, patience is the very essence of a healthy relationship there. Because if we claim to love God, then we will be patient. We will not get frustrated or disappointed or give up. The essence of a meaningful relationship with God is love. And the essence of love is patience. Which brings us to our last question. What are you waiting for? We're all, I think, waiting for something. In each one of our lives, there are unanswered prayers, and we're waiting to see the outcome in these areas, especially with our family members. In the Old Testament, Abraham was waiting for the birth of a son because the whole future of God's kingdom depended on his descendants. But he didn't have a son. All he had was God's promise. So he waited and waited and waited. For over 10 years, he waited patiently. 
And then he decided to do something else. He got impatient, came up with a creative alternative, a plan B. And unfortunately, Abraham's ways were not God's ways, and it was a disaster. In fact, we are still suffering the consequences today. But God did not give up on Abraham. And equally important, Abraham did not give up on God. So he continued to wait patiently and waited and waited another 14 years until the promise was finally fulfilled. It says in Hebrews 6, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Fourteen more years he had to wait. Now if Abraham had been an impatient man, he would have been on his 19th nervous breakdown. And you know what? Even if that would have happened, God still would have kept his promise anyway. So impatience is really a waste of time. And it's healthy. It's not practical when you're dealing with God. God takes his time. He will not be rushed. God is not like one of those sidewalk sketch artists that you see at the summer festivals where they can draw a caricature of you in five minutes. God is more like a, one of the Renaissance masters who worked on a project for many years because he wouldn't fail for anything less than his very best. And God is still creating masterpieces, using the pigments of your personality to create a portrait of Jesus Christ. So wait for it. Don't rush him. Because right now, He's involved in the most technically difficult part of the process. Right now, he's attempting to do the impossible, to make all things work together for your good. And that takes time. So wait for it. Therefore, as you look at all the unanswered prayers on your list, at all the unfinished business, all the loose ends in your life. Be encouraged because God has never made a promise he couldn't keep. And he never began a work he couldn't finish. So what we need to do is mind our own business. Make sure that we're in alignment with his ways. I know that's not natural. Mere mortals can't do that. It's only for those who have superpowers. And of course, all superpowers are supernatural. They come from the Holy Spirit. For the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, peace, patience. So the key is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled means to be controlled. We give the Holy Spirit control so he can develop the fruit of patience. Because better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper, than one who takes a city. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, 
You have that ability. It is in you. God has worked that into you. And he gives you the opportunity to work it out. So now that you know that, let me ask you again. What are you waiting for? Let's pray. Father, as we look at our lives, we see many areas where we can easily become impatient. I know in my life there's things I've waited for for over 10 years, over 20 years, over 30 years. And uh, either we get impatient or we just give up. But those are the kinds of options that get us out of sync with your will. We lose touch with you. We lose track of you. And we don't want to do that. The cost is too high. And we know that only through patience can we align our ways with your ways and raise our thoughts to your thoughts. For yours are higher than ours as the heavens are higher than the earth. And that's what we long to be. We long to be people who understand what you're up to. And that means we'll have to learn how to wait. Your promise will be fulfilled. Your plan will not fail. You will finish everything you started. Thank you that that applies to every single person here today. And thank you that uh, we can encourage each other along the way to keep running with perseverance, the race marked out for us, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, for it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand together for our closing song.